This episode and my guest are all about connecting, community, moving from the back to the front, even as a quiet person, connecting, community. Oh my goodness, you're going to love this. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Make It Real podcast. I'm Trisha Lewis, your host. You're going to hear from fascinating individuals, mainly small business owners, who not only have story and skills to share, they also keep it real. This is a place of non-shouty, non-salesy, unsquashing conversations where your curiosity will be fed. I have the fabulous Gordon Fong as my guest. Now, if I said to you, it says on his LinkedIn profile, connecting future Dorset for the next generation, bringing people and businesses together in the Southwest around digital data and defense. And then dry martini fan, <laughs> you'll get a sense that he's not just about the nerdy stuff. Oh, but that's great anyway. He is as it says in that first word, all about connecting. And he's got a great story and he's going to share bits of that with you. And really, if you are of a quieter type and having a sense of, oh, it's only the big noisy ones that get heard, get seen, can connect more with people because they're able to get out on stages, then think like that no more. And you certainly won't be after listening to this fabulous special Christmas episode. Well, this is amazing because I'm actually talking to somebody in the same physical space. Socially distanced. Of course, look, yeah, all, all regulations are in place. All the windows are open, we're freezing cold, that's why I've got a jumper on. Um, no, it's just so weird because I'm thinking, where's my mute button? Where's the little square with someone else in it? Um, because this is a rarity. But this is Gordon Fong. Hello, Gordon. Hello, Hello everyone. <laughs> see, see I'm not on a Zoom <laughs> Where do I look? Where do I look? <laughs> and Gordon lives very nearby here in Southbourne. So it made sense to just do that human thing where you sit on a chair and talk to each other. At Fantastic. last. Yeah, At two last. years in. I know, it's crazy. So this is a special Christmas edition and that means we go slightly off thingy. But actually when I started to talk to Gordon about the kind of things he'd like to talk about, I realised that this is totally in sync with this podcast anyway. So um, what we might add in is possibly a little video treat at some stage of Gordon mixing a cocktail with a recipe to share because he's quite into his cocktail making. 
Um, on his LinkedIn profile, it says something about connecting future Dorset <laughs> for the next generation, something, you know, yeah. pretty sort of everyday like that. Um, High-speed fibre internet. But the connecting bit is definitely central because not only are you connecting in a sort of digital way, but you connect people a lot and you are a huge community champion. I don't know if that's an expression, but I've just used it. And, um, and that we're going to dig into in a bit. But what we're going to actually start off with is finding out a bit about... Gordon, you were saying something quite interesting, which is, for people who maybe have only known you through a little circle on LinkedIn yep. or something like that, is it possible that by the end of this podcast, they might have a, a very different sense of who you I'm guessing when you invited me to, to come along to do the podcast, one of my kind of fears were, and it still is, what can I say that will help uh, people out there that would be of interest as opposed to them saying, well, that's an hour of my life I'll never get back. And I, and I, kind of don't know what people what nuggets I can I can kind of give across and that is you know, a bit of a fear really because sometimes I listen to other people I think oh they had really interesting lives I can implement that or try that and part of me thinks well actually you know after 20 years of business there's so many businesses in Bournemouth you know, area that have you know scaled up gone big sold or whatever the mines kind of just trundle along it's done well to believe me it's, it's done okay 20 years in business is a good thing. But then I think, well, I've never really done anything spectacular that people go, wow, you know, you've done this, that, you know. So I have that kind of apprehension. And maybe people from my social media posts kind of have a maybe preconception of what I do or who I am. But hopefully after this, you know, after seeing this podcast, you know, if you write down, you know, what you thought you were going to hear and then what you actually did hear, maybe uh, that'll be interesting for me as well. So comments below and all that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And get in touch with us, because I think that's a really interesting question and a, a thought to begin with. We've already, I love this idea that you haven't done anything special. And I actually, I think that a lot of people feel like that. You hear, you hear these big headline grabbing yeah. things yeah. and somehow your ordinary everyday life, it seems to be terribly banal, which is just daft, of course, because, Every day we could do the tiniest little thing, and it, mm. it is special. Um, but not only that, you have actually got a story because um, people might be thinking and might have figured out that mm. you might not originally have maybe been living in this country. Yeah. So there's a story to you. Just give us the just give us the overarching little. Obviously, not your entire life story, Gordon, because indeed, you know. Indeed. You know um, no, just, just how did you get here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that question. Where, where are you from? No, no, where, where are you from? That kind of thing. So my, my parents came across from uh, Hong Kong in the 60s, and I was born in Scotland. I won't say where, because actually that's part of your passwords and all that kind of stuff, isn't it? Memorable question. So, you know, born in Scotland, moved down to the northeast, uh, went to Birmingham uh, University for a few years, went back to the northeast, and then moved down to... Bournemouth in 1996 and basically never looked back. Yeah, so actually I can slightly hear the Birmingham. I, I don't Birmingham. really... I don't know. I was at the University of Birmingham, so there's, there's no way I could have picked up a Birmingham accent. Okay, no. Um, but, you, but 60s, I mean, that. so that was like... That, that's a big deal, isn't it? Coming over here yeah, in the absolutely. 60s. Yeah, 
Mm. And I guess it's it's one of those things where, as first generation immigrants or or, or the children of first generation, mm. you know, uh, those pioneers in a way, you kind of don't realise what they went through until you grow a bit older, more mature. I think, uh, and it's only kind of recently I've I've understood, you know, the, the hell and the, the kind of hard work my parents have gone through, working maybe twice a day, six seven days a week in takeaways and restaurants or whatever. And I think that's where I might have got part of my work ethic or my independence from, as in uh, that we had to look after ourselves in, in a lot of respect. And I think when you're a child coming through and you are different, you know, of a mm -hmm. different race, especially in a place where, or in an era where you know, anti-immigration was quite rife, um, you kind of feel resentful of, you know, in, in a way your parents, because it's, you know, through no, no fault of your own, you are faced with, whatever through daily life and you think well i've done nothing i'm just existing and they well, you know you're on the brunt of you know a lot of you know, anti-immigration rhetoric and uh and i guess that that's kind of skewed or maybe, maybe it's even centralized my kind of political leanings from uh, um, from those days yeah I, I yeah i mean it's it's bound to it's gosh now i can't even think because I can't put myself in that position. <laughs> I mean, I went to a boys' school when I was a girl. I mean, that's about as much as I can do in terms of thinking yeah. the landing in a place that was so full of so so yeah. different. But, but hey, that doesn't count. We were all we all have the same colour skin because yeah. that was in the blinking seventies in Surrey. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if I roll that forward to maybe it's the last five six years, because a lot of people will. Well, I've seen, wow, God, you've kind of grown in, in, in your profile and social media. And that was a, a conscious effort uh, on my part. Uh, it wasn't instant, but it, I knew, you know, 15 years into business, I, I didn't, never stepped forward and never wanted to be seen. And I kind of, when I had that realisation of actually that was the impact of growing up as a child, teenager in 80s, kind of 90s Britain, that really made me kind of, you know, the best thing you could do was hide away and not be seen. So the, for the first 15 years in business, I thought kind of didn't want to be seen. And it's only when I made that realisation I needed to step forward that actually things changed and, uh, uh, you know, my profile raised, you know, not consciously. I didn't want to, you know, be like fully exposed or whatever the, <laughs> the phrase is. But I thought I need to work on it. I need to step forward out of my comfort zone. And I was kind of understood all of these things, imposter syndrome, self-doubt, et cetera, et cetera. And then after 15 years of business, you think, actually, I deserve to be in the same room as other, other business people. It's really interesting because you because you were actually doing the work that you were doing actually enabled you to be able to hide, didn't it? Yeah. So in a way, you had to, you probably could have carried on hiding. Mm. So it was yeah. a very conscious decision to push yourself out of your comfort zone. Well, but also I needed to do it for the business. Uh, mm. And, in, you know, in many respects, my business partner says, actually, yeah, go on. I'll do all the techie stuff now, I'll do all the kind of behind the scenes, and you just step forward and just be out there as, as the, fa the face of the com company. And I guess that's what I only recently realised is, you know, my biggest asset is this, which is why, you know, part, part of my talk coming up, the kind of subtitle is, are you Gordon Fong? Because people would ask me that in the street through things I've, I've done locally, whether it's events or social media or just being post about the community people would uh, you know pick up on that through you know facebook or whatever and actually come up to me and, and say you know, thank you for what you've done actually you know it's, it's nice to meet you you know 
or you go in the phone and say, does it work? And I love that. And it was only when I read, actually when I listened to Mark Schaefer do his talk known, I just went, I just connected those dots. You can become known without wanting to become famous and et cetera, et cetera. And it's okay to be known, you know, as long as it's, it's not you know, based on ego, et cetera, et cetera. If you're known for what you do and you're a genuine person and, and kind or whatever, that's, that's fine. And I've come to learn, you know, be a lot more comfortable with that and, and, take, and take those comments. Whilst before, it'd be just cringy, cringy, cringy. Guys, what you just said, oh, that actually there's a huge amount in what you just said. Um, I feel like I'm being psychoanalyzed. No, no, so yes, well, you're on a couch. That's, <laughs> well, I'm afraid anyone who comes in here and sits on the couch, that's it. But no, I, I just, it, it very much speaks to this thing I talk about, this squash self, because, mm. because that's about a fear of showing off. Yeah. And you've just exactly put that into really good words. You've painted that picture because... And as you say, it's not, like I said, you're not showing off unless you're showing off. Um, uh, but that worry that just, you know, people can say, oh, who, who does he think he is? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> who does he think he is? Who does he think he is? And, and we're both members of this fabulous community. Well, you're, you're all about community because you're like, you, you promote all the fabulous eateries locally yeah. to us. And, and so much more but uh we're also a member of a, a sort of community of eclectic mix of people creative industries digital coaches all sorts um with mark masters called you of the media and that's how we met and you were interestingly quite so that's probably that was a few years back now and you you were quite near the back you were literally quite near the back of the yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's the one of the topics I'm going to talk about in my uh, December special yeah. to you at the Media Lunch Club, and it's you know titled from you know from the back to the front, and, and that kind of journey where you know for the very first few lunch clubs I literally was at the back, and I was so scared that it'd be full of marketing professionals who would know everything, and I'm just this quiet little techie kind of usurping their space. So I would hope be at the back, wouldn't ask any questions, I'd just be quiet trying to figure out who's who. And you know, it took me three, five, whatever kind of lunch club until I started to get to, to know other people and you know, culminated in, in three, four years standing up on stage at the Shelley, Shelley Theatre doing, doing my little random talk to about 100 people. I was like astounded that more than 100 people kind of booked to, to come to the event. That's and I think there's just as many this time around. So Absolutely, yeah. because people actually like... I, the, the weird thing is I had an almost opposite problem because my background as, a, as an actor is so my problem it, it this sounds weird but just so listeners will kind of realize this goes across a really interesting spectrum because for me it was a fear that people would think oh she's such an actor you know if I yeah. got anywhere near the stage I was really reluctant to yeah. get up on the stage it was only when Mark invited me you know and but even then, I remember not thinking, oh, yeah, of course, that's me up on the stage. That's what I do. I was, it is what I do, but I do it in a certain context. In this business context, my fear was similar to yours. Right. Was people will think, who's, who's she? You know, what? <laughs> and what does she do that's of any interest? And Or they think, oh, God, showing off, mm -hmm. you know, that whole actor thing. So, I went through the same weird set of, ultimately, 
what you found would be what I found is that people are there to actually support you. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and, and that's the thing. It's over time you get little bits of positive, um, um, you know, acknowledgement from other people. You, you you learn and you can get more comfortable in yourself. And it's you know, getting from the back to the front. It's, you don't just stride onto stage. You just work your way, become more confident, but also doing it again and again and become better at it. And it's that kind of realization. I don't know if you're touching it. It's not to compare to other people because they the whole thing they're on different stages of their journey, et cetera, et cetera. And because I used to watch, as you can see by my attire, Steve Jobs videos all the time of how he presented, thought he's a pinnacle. I need to somehow match him. But actually, that's just rubbish, isn't it? You have to be yourself and just slowly get better and better and, and accept that the first few will be not rubbish, because actually they, they are you. But I I've chosen not to look back, otherwise I'll just be too critical and just accept that actually I'm just a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And it's fine. There's no pressure to be this, you know, some some on stage, some dragon's den impresario kind of thing. And I think we just have to be comfortable and just get a little bit better. And and people actually really warm to that because they because it's it's them, mm. you know, and it's human. And actually, if you start off to slick yeah. um you you actually weirdly put quite a barrier up mm. um and and it takes a while for people to have for you to break that barrier down yeah. as, as lovely as you may be yeah. they're still thinking of you as mm, is that the real you is that yeah you know whereas it's a bit like you know the brenny brown talk that it's sort of gone into the history books now when she first did her talk about vulnerability yeah. and it was Oh, this this highly intelligent professor, dun, da, 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 and she was talking about and and seeming vulnerable, and, and I, that was what that's why it's a most viewed TED talk. Not because it's the if you look at TED talks, actually, it's quite interesting because it's often the slick ones that you don't engage with. You, you need a little bit of that kind of rough edge to, oh, you know, uh, can. Robert Robinson, the uh, that's not his name, the, the education guy who recently sadly died. Um, totally, he wanders onto the stage. He had polio when he was a kid, so right. he's like, yeah. you know, and and just sort of, he just says something like, "Hi, hi, how, how are you doing?" Now, not everybody could do that because if you did it to be deliberate, yeah. and then it would be contrived. So. Yes. At the core of all this is that you have to be yourself, whatever that self is. So this was brilliant. So part of this edging from the back to the front, yes. and I, I remember exactly the same thing at these events, because this was when this was pre-COVID, when they were <laughs> in a space with lots of people mingling about, and you got something to eat, and you sat at a table, and the tables would probably have about six people around them, maybe, and there'd be people who were old hat. That's it, and you know the newcomers, and anyway, this brings us to small talk. Yeah. <laughs> because what do you remember how you actually approached people in those early days when you were pushing through this shyness kind of thing? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was awkward. I guess you just find out um, who they are, what they do, and with social media and LinkedIn, you kind of have a little bit of knowledge beforehand. If you, yeah, if you kind of 
because Mark may tag you or whatever in LinkedIn and Facebook or whatever. So you kind of see people's name all the time. You get more familiar. So it's, I guess, more easier to start the small talk. But within down here, it's, it's, it's easy for me to, or easier for me to, you know, just come on to somebody who's maybe standing by themselves and just think, well, actually, I used to be that person who's standing by themselves. Let me bring them into our little group, start chatting and just be, be the one that helps and, and, and connects. But... No, the other week I was up at uh, Newcastle at the Atomic Con conference, and I was at, I was on the other end of the scale. I didn't approach anybody. I was in, outside of my comfort zone, outside of this area. It was a new setting. It was somebody else's kind of gig, let's say, the Atomic Con group. Although it, you know, it's a very friendly bunch of people. It, it, it's not you know, high-flying businesses. It's quite small solopreneurs, etc. So, look. You know, I should have been comfortable in that kind of that kind of sphere, but I, I totally wasn't. I kind of never met. Uh, I didn't approach anybody new to have a new conversation and make a new contact. Not a single person. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Although I did go to an event where we all sat around the table and got to know each other, but I didn't instigate a, a kind of a new contact at all during that during that day's conference, which is quite odd. So hence the small talk. I couldn't even start the small talk. Yeah. Couldn't start the small talk. I mm. do, honestly, I do. I, I, look, every, I think there are lots of people that will resonate with that, including myself. It does sometimes feel like you just, it, it, when you've got, also when you've got a bit of an excuse because there are speakers to mm. look at, it's an yeah. event, you, you can have a nice full sort of schedule of, oh, I'm going to see this now. Yeah. I'm going, yeah. And so actually that gives you a bit of a let out <laughs> cause. And, and, People will, yeah, a lot of people will take that letter of clause because it still feels, yeah, as you say, new area, new group of people. But on the other hand, I guess you could have made, do you think actually social media, things like LinkedIn and Twitter make, make that an easier get out clause? Because what you can do, I suppose, is look at all the people that are tagged at the event and sort of think, oh, well, I'll just, you know, ask them later. Follow the catch up with them later. Possibly, possibly. Yeah. But I think for, for me, it was a case of, well, I, I should be able to do this. It should be kind of easy for me because people always say, you're always connecting people, introducing people. Why couldn't I do that there? And it's you know, a little bit of a learning curve. Maybe it's next time I just need, you know, give myself a bit of a slap and just say, you need to step forward as you have done in, in other cases. But maybe that I've learned from that. Next time it'll, it'll be better. Yeah. But you, I mean, you're saying, you know, are you Gordon Fong locally? That's definitely the case. I mean, and that is a lot to do, not necessarily with your business, business, yeah, business, yeah. but it is this community thing. So, so what? So, I mean, you've really <clears throat> gone for it. You, you're not just, <laughs> you're not just doing the odd little networking thing every other month. I mean, you're going in to new shops and restaurants and uh, I don't know give us a flavor give, yeah. give listeners a flavor of the sort of thing you, you do um, in the community there's a local Facebook group called Sobo affectionately known as you know a tag name for Southbourne and uh, I was one of the early administrators uh, Facebook admins although you know there have been others you know plenty of others along the way I'm just only one I wasn't the only one uh, just in case people think it was all down to me. But you know, we kind of nurtured it. I used to be um, quite active in posting, sharing information, but also being a positive con contributor and, and just trying to you know, coax it along in a, in a really positive way. 
I think when it grew up to 8,000 people, maybe 9,000, it was fine. Then when it went to 12, it's about 20 now. I think that's when it becomes a bit, bit unwieldy. But you know, one of, one of the most impressive things that happened on the group was, I think it was, it's either two or three general elections back. You know how social media like really kicks off in general elections. But it was, it was such a small group, tight group back then where you know, there were a few back and forth, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and political posts. And that kind of stepped in and said, look, we've only got two weeks till the general election. This is not doing anybody uh, any good. It's not, it's not healthy. So I said, if we can keep it quiet with no political posts for two weeks, I've got some vouchers, bottles of wine, et cetera, et cetera. I will just give away the people that you, that you nominate. And literally two weeks of no political posts whatsoever. And then I spread some kind of uh, vouchers and wine to somebody who, would, who could suggest other people. And it was that kind of tight group where actually, yeah, okay, let, let's, let's join in. And you have, have that kind of influence to be able to, you know, coax something, coax That's through. And yeah. I thought, wow, okay, great. But now it's, it's too big, it's too unwieldy. And, you know, the I've stepped out of it from about two summers ago, because, you know, when you get death threats from people step, you know, on your doorstep on Sunday morning because they didn't like such and such a post, I thought, no, not for me anymore, which is a, a shame because I thought I'd give myself a, a, a year off and maybe I'll come back, but no, it, it, it's not for me anymore. It, that is the oh, the dark side, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it, it is, because I think with everything, it's like you sort of say, or, you know, I could do a bit more, I could do a bit more. Um, I mean, what if I, you know, what if I wanted to be a politician or something, I stand, you know, locally mm. for, the, for the council? There is that other little voice yeah. which says, but then yeah. what if you about step those forward, horrible, yeah. yeah. Yeah, head above the parapet, et cetera, et cetera. Difficult balance, but you but you have balanced it because you're still, you're doing all this other stuff, so. Yeah, share, share yeah. on social media, doing the like and the share is the easiest thing that anyone can do. And you know when the Sobel group had six thousand people or whatever, ten thousand, twelve. If, you know if if, a, if there was a local event and I said actually can everybody just like it, I should have had ten thousand likes because if you're part of that community, something's happening here. Why would you not like and share it? That's the whole point of being in that group. And you kind of you'd have you know ten, twenty likes and shares or whatever. However, when a local cat got banned out of the one-stop shop, it went crazy you know it was like you know two three thousand likes on the post actually there's probably more and it was like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of you know comments or whatever people were joining from america from around the world because they wanted to support the cat that was just so no 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 deny whatever it made the national news for one cat however on the high street when we tried to get people involved in trying to get a defibrillator installed on the high street it was kind of 100 you know views of the post 10 people turned up, but stick a cat in it. You know, if we stuck a cat in a defibrillator, we would have had uh, a lot more interaction. It was just, it, it is a strange one. I think, if you, honestly, this is if you pick nothing else up, it's just, just that, that's the Stick tick. a cat on it. <laughs> yeah, what is, are people weird? Hmm. Are people just weird, Gordon? But I do, yeah. yeah. I do have, you know, various. I mean, in a good way, usually, but yeah. So I do have Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. And it's, I guess, one of those things where I, I try and do things along the way, but I never really hit something 100%. And it's, you know, some people say, you know, find your channel, 
make it great or whatever. But that, that's not me. I, I, I do spread myself around. I do just enough across everything. But I've never really smashed myself on my YouTube channel or whatever. Because I should, you know, the idea was to go into every restaurant, every shop and just interview them and just have this catalogue of, you know, why, why Southbourne is great. But I started off, but then it's kind of fizzled out. But then I'll pick it up at certain times. But yeah, you know, I, I, I asking the, yeah. the will and the information, but I don't have all of the energy all the time. Exactly. I think, if, I mean, I know somebody who, who is older, older even than me, seriously, <laughs> um, very creative person. And he said he just literally wakes up every morning and knows that he's got a creative bucket to fill mm. and he's going to fill it. That's his thing. That's what he does. So, yes, he keeps this podcast and YouTube and these little things, but he's doing it with um, intrinsic motivation. Right. Technical term, um, which everyone knows. So he's doing it because that's what he wants to do rather than chasing the likes. Um, he mm. laughs about the fact that he can spend all this time doing these storytelling videos and all sorts of stuff and get you know like one one view or yeah. one like but then actually weirdly he then got a viral youtube video right. rather like you're talking about the cat mm. it was totally random and by accident because he mentioned something in a story which was very nerdy geeky about trains Right. And so all the train people okay, yeah. went, went crazy for this and were viewing it and downloading it. Although oh, that was really to do with the tech. Yeah. Uh, so we sometimes, I think, um, have to remember that things can go viral and crazy with no particular <laughs> reasoning. And other things which are fabulously beautiful, um, meaningful pieces of content mm. can just be tumbleweed. And so the trick is not to get down. Yeah, too wrapped up in, into it. Yeah. Mm, exactly. And you walking out into actual physical spaces kind of maybe keeps you grounded a bit, do you think, in the sort of reality of the actual world, which isn't the Truman Show? Yeah, I guess so. I think um, that's something I try to promote on the on our high street. <laughs> on the green or whatever, it was something called Coffees on the Green, when people were working from home during COVID for the first time, maybe not natural, you know, freelancers, solopreneurs, maybe sort of used to be working in an office for decades, then suddenly had to work from home. And so for me, you know, there were days, like three days, I didn't even step out of the house. And then when I did walk, I could feel the, the camber of the, of the path. Now, I'd have to walk on the other side because... I could feel it in my ankles. Then I thought, I need a reason to get out unless trying, there must be other people going through similar, uh, uh, you know, kind of unease at working from home. So let's let's set aside an hour or two for coffees on the greenway, hopefully bump into somebody else, you can have a conversation, at least you can get out of the house, do a little walk, etc. So, we, you know, we, we met up there a couple of times, but, you know, again, it's one of those things where, I did a website, I pushed it, a campaign, did, did it for a bit, and then it's like kind of fizzled out. But as, 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 a, as a thought, as a, as a you know, something we should do, then I, I think I should stay. Yeah, I, I remember, I remember meeting you there um, during the sort of lockdown thing, and it was, it was a revelation to remember, oh, hang on, this is real life. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was special. So I think 
I mean, all the things you do are special and they don't have to be big and they don't have to be headline news. Um, and and you're, you're very much in touch with the local newspaper with um, uh, our fabulous journalist. Darren um, Slade. And, that, that, yeah. and that's the thing. Before, in the old world, you know, when I first started business in, in 2000, it was still the you know, PR gatekeepers, et cetera, et cetera. But through uh, our network, through social media, I can, I can email Darren Slade and give him a story and it gets kind of printed most of the time. Exactly. It's not, it's not all the time. I don't push him. Therefore, I only approach him when, when it's something hopefully of, of value. And there are times where he approaches me and says, you know, I'm doing a piece. I just need a comment from you. And it's one of those things where once you build that relationship, then it kind of, it's easy for them to reach out to somebody they know are comfortable with exactly this is the new world you know which is a which is a really good reason for all of us wherever our communities are to do more of that because for if if for no other reason um i mean obviously we're doing it for very altruistic reasons (laughs) (laughs) but but you know there's no harm in actually getting something out of it yourself and it's like you know give and take isn't it so one of one of the things that happens is just that you you I, I it, like you. I remember, you know, it was really difficult to get something um, published in mm-hmm. in a local paper. But now I have the same thing that you do. That I could speak to to our local journalist, Darren, and um, you will have the equivalent wherever you are, listeners. Um, but but you've got to actually have those conversations. And I think some of us think we're going almost back to that impostery syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I always say it like <laughs> that because I don't like the label anymore. But you know that that sense of oh god, but little old me sort of which is usually very irrational but it's human makes us retreat from having those conversations doesn't it because we think well they're going to think how annoying this person you know what honestly yeah yeah, they're just trying to get something out of me I'm too busy we come up with with a whole do you you ever do this with a whole you don't now because you've broken through your comfort (laughs) zone but uh, almost a list of reasons why we shouldn't pick up the phone or whatever Pick up the phone, Gordon. Send it. Do you, what? Whoa! What's that? I mean, I don't mean you know, just like actually to speak to somebody rather than an email. Yeah. Do you, what's your ratio of phone calls versus emails? Oh, it's mostly emails. Yeah. It's probably 20 percent really. But I should do more phone calls. I, for me, next year, um, yeah, I, I'll be getting back on more business development because you know without three brands, I've let one of the brands kind of slide a little bit on purpose uh, to help one of the other brands that we have, but I, I need to focus on the web, on the digital side of the business, which, uh, you know, after 20 years, I think, you know, we must be one of only two, three businesses, digital, you know, web companies that started in 2000 that are still around. So, uh, you know, that's probably no mean feat, but for me, I just feel like it's a bit of a dinosaur, because I used to look at businesses like Media Lounge and the Adido and think, wow, look at those young people coming straight out of university, smashing it. And they used to, you know, I was never jealous in that sense, but I used to look with wonder. And I think, wow, they're doing really, really well. But hey, Andy, you've got grey hair now after 15, 16 <laughs> years of business now. Eh? But I used to think, wow, they're, they're great. And, and now what I love about our kind of networks, we bump into you know, new businesses started by 18-year-olds, 21-year-olds. And I just love the fact that they can do it and they're just so brave and bold to just step outside and, and, and just get on with it. And I've learned not to compare 
trying to start a business in 2000 and trying to start a business in 2020 because the tools are different. Yeah. You know, the, the availability of tools and everything else is, is just, just immense. Back then, to start a business, you would get your letterheads, your business cards done, you know, sign a lease on an office or whatever, uh, you know, get a phone system in, ISDN lines, and get your phone numbers all sorted out before you could even start whatever. But now it's a case of, you know, you can get numbers, websites, email addresses, or whatever, and then a short space of time and, and where you go. And nobody cares, you know, as long as they, they can contact you and know you're genuine. Nobody cares of that kind of facade if it's that, what they need it's what they yeah, want yeah that's fine that's sort of you're right yeah exactly that kind of hierarchy sort of oh you can't knock on their door mm. thing has has really substantially yeah. been demolished yeah that's that's a really quite a profound observation that's a profound and it goes observation. back to trying to not to compare because sometimes yeah. you know recently within different peer groups i've been a member of and, and meeting you know business owners uh yeah, I'll give a shout out to Paul Tanzi. I've always liked what Paul said, and he's been really encouraging along the way. So when, you, when I say other digital businesses grow and their the head counts of X, Y, and Z or whatever, and you think, oh, wow, they're doing really, really well. But once you actually you meet other business owners and get and have honest conversations, yeah, they're doing that much more than you, but they've got that much more headache. And for me, I, I, that's, why I, that's why I don't want a 100-person company. I don't want to... 11x everything that was triple my business because it's I'm, I'm looking forward to retirement yeah and so for me after 20 years in business i'm looking forward to the next 15 in terms of trying to create something that is of more value than just monetary terms and that's why i wanted, that's why i love seeing new businesses young businesses young people start businesses because we need them to to succeed and you know people will say you know i'm, I'm forever trying to care people champion people that but that's the easiest thing to do, just be positive about them because we have to support them because you know nobody else is going to look after us in our old age. So, you know, for me, the next 15 years is all about, yes, doing good business, you know, being profitable, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, turning that P&L from profit and loss to more of purpose and legacy. And oh, hopefully that's nice. By building yeah. the business brands that we have, by building out a fiber network, hence the connecting future doors, you know, connecting businesses, connecting geographically fiber but also connecting people as well and you know that, that's that kind of play on words for me yeah because there's, there's only one generation that's going to look after us when we're all yeah decrepit <laughs> yeah. yeah my son's doing that i've already made him sign a contract um <laughs> my youngest son is the one who's yeah. making all the money uh in the yeah so um i know that's beautiful and i've recently started doing pro bono um, coaching at Bournemouth and Paul College and, because, and, and I've put myself out there possibly to become a school governor and but 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 I'm that's because I've stopped doing that comparing thing mm. because I, I apart from the other I'm at a different like you're talking about we've, we've covered from the 60s through to when you started business in 2000 as opposed to now in 2000 you know these are very different times that so so I'm now approaching official retirement, you know, and literally pension, you know, and that doesn't mean I'm going to sit around and be retired, but it means that I can make different choices. Yeah. And so it'd be silly for me to then keep comparing myself to people who are maybe in their 30s or 40s who are at the beginning of setting up a business or who've got a young family. There's so many different life situations that 
make us individual. And so that whole comparing thing is complete rubbish. And yet we still manage to do it. Right. Because you have to press, you have to press pause and think, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Um, and also we want a world full of people doing things at different pace and different ways. Yeah, yeah. but one of the things that kind of grates me locally. Um, let, let me try and explain this quite well. <laughs> yeah, we, we always talk about, other businesses talk about, we're struggling to find the best talent, the best talent, the best talent, retain the best talent. But the thing is we need businesses to work at different levels, different strata within the economy. You know, if, if you look at all the big agencies in Bournemouth, not everyone can afford a 50 grand website, 100 grand website. So if a local business can only afford 500 pounds for their website, we need a local business to be able to supply that. If, it, if all the talk, everything is about people at the top, well, actually we need, that, that does a dis, you know, disservice to the people working at the lower end, because actually we still need those. And that can be a feeder for the mid-range companies, for a feeder for the, for the bigger, you know, those at the top that want to work with big brands, but also by having the, the, the ones at the bottom of the strata means people without, the you know, necessary skills can actually enter a job that they could never enter at the top. So we need to talk about everything at different strata, different levels, and, and how that works for the economy, as opposed to always about the best, the top, etc. Because actually, you know, then then that's where you get the imposter syndrome. You look at bar, look at that agency, etc. When actually, we there's plenty of space for everyone. That is such a lovely line. I'm gonna almost let it rest. There's plenty of space for everyone. And um, you, if you're listening to this, you can't see that I've got, this is my entire Christmas decorations that I put up for Gordon. <laughs> it's, a, it's about a That's more 80, 18 inch um, fiber, op fiber optic, Gordon, wow. especially for you. 2020. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Christmas tree. And that's it. We're, we're, you see, you talk about going through the ages and changing and not comparing. Yeah. So I'm not going to go around and say, oh my gosh, look at all those amazing lights and Christmas decorations. For me, I'm saying we we quite like low key here. Yeah. I'm trying to save the planet. Um, and um, yeah, I, I, you know, but there was a time in my life where that was completely the opposite. The more the merrier, sparkly stuff all over the place and kids and presents under the tree. And we move, we evolve, yeah. but times change. And that's where you can't, you can't, you don't want to get stuck. You are evolving, you are thinking into the future, but equally you're not thinking, but I wish I'd been like that, or I wish I was like that. This is, this is great. I love this. So we just need to touch briefly on your favourite cocktail oh, I have a range <laughs> I have a kind of journey that I might go through through a night you normally start off with a dry martini uh, maybe it's then a, a Negroni uh, a daiquiri maybe and maybe it's back to a rum Negroni an aviation <laughs> maybe if I need to you know take on some water maybe it's a, a, a highball or something <laughs> but yeah I've completely lost the ability to, to um, digest alcohol. My systems just, just won't do it anymore. So, I mean, I know some of those, I can feel the taste. It would, would be gorgeous. I mean, is there, is there such a thing as a non-alcoholic cocktail that actually works, Gordon, or is that just a bit of a stupid idea? Is that a bit like decaffeinated coffee? Really? Um, well, unless you pack a lot of flavouring, yeah, a lot of big, powerful flavours, 
but the dealcoholized stuff isn't yeah you pay a lot of money for cordial <laughs> yeah that's absolutely um but you yeah we've got some interesting little sort of brewery places locally yeah. and everything and i see you've been championing them and uh yeah it's always it's, it's a social thing as well isn't it i mean it's not you know so and and food you have to have food to go with this otherwise you fall over i assume so um yeah you we might get a little recipe out of you and maybe add a, a little quick um, video of you mixing something up for us that we can put as a little bonus feature for this Christmas Christmas episode um, that people could try themselves over Christmas. Fantastic. Um, so is there, is there anything? I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, is there anything? Uh, yeah. So, oh, say yes. There we go. Say yes. To podcasts and interviews and speaking before your brain cuts yeah. in to say no yeah. to lack of confidence. Yeah, there, there would have been a time where I would say, no, I don't want to do it. You know, what can I give? What you know, why do people want to hear or read what I've got to say? <clears throat> and I think it's if people approach you, then obviously the the uh, that's a genuine act in itself. And unless it's something where I have no knowledge or expertise in whatsoever. And I'd be winging it, and also doing a disservice to the other people, to the audience. Then I, you know, I would say no. But if it's a case of it's about me, about my experiences, and actually nobody else can tell tell that story. But only we have our story, I know. That's crazy that we sometimes forget that <laughs> or underestimate that it might be of interest. I think that's. Mm. I think people think if we're going to talk about anything to do with ourselves, then we go back into that saying, oh, God, who does she think she is? Who do they think they are? Blah, blah, blah thing. So we think, well, we better not do that. That's that's ego. But it's not if it if it's something you've got, you know, a load of stuff that you've said in this conversation will resonate and people will feel really a sort of warm hug of because so. oh, so. it's just like human <clears throat> stuff, yeah. you know, and and of course your story is in it how else we, we can't not have our story in it we we are our story um that doesn't mean that we have to start it's not like we're going to say oh yes well let me uh, tell you I, I was born in a little village in Surrey. Really interesting uh, you you probably like to know about my school days or i remember my first dates no we're not doing that you know that's different um Although, frankly, my story is just so fascinating. No, no, honestly, and we could talk so much more about your school days because clearly there were some horrible, nasty challenges. Yeah, it, it's, <clears throat> it, I covered that in, in my last talk two years ago. And I think I was, I was comfortable in, in talking about that because it, I was in the room where with familiar people and people chose to, to come and listen to me. But to have... But talk about the same things in a something that's kind of global or open to everybody. May I don't think I'm articulate enough to give it the you know the depth that it mm. needs on on, mm. on a more open way. That's a really good way of putting it. I know exactly, I, mm. absolutely, and I think we all that's a, a sort of almost a cautionary note actually. I think for people because there is a huge difference between talking in a supportive local sort of environment network community um or even on linkedin to a certain extent because you know you've got really genuine mm. followers and so, um then just generally so if you were invited on a podcast or i suppose even this one could be 
could be a global audience out there who don't know Gordon. See, and um, they're not they're not saying, "Are you Gordon Fong?" They're saying, "Who the heck is Gordon Fong?" Um, and yeah, you don't want to spill the entire stuff because, and I love that you said that. For that's such a good reason why not to is that you can't give it the depth and the yes. nuance and everything that you would need to. And therefore, you might be misunderstood. Yeah, you yeah. might, you know, ah, it's a bit of a minefield it, in terms of. kind of where I am with that. If you, if you take the acronym BAME, you know, and then add another ME on the end, that's where I feel I am. But that needs some articulation to, to pull it all together. Otherwise, things we all go through different things in life, whether you're ethnic minority or not. And I think that's the kind of thing people could listen to what I'm saying. Well, well I've, I've gone through our own troubles, but it's not to negate everybody's experiences. It's, it's to try and tell your own story. Absolutely. And, but in a bigger context, as in, you know, we should all be supportive of our differences, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, that would be bliss, wouldn't that? But again, I, I, yeah, no, I, exactly. I we don't know get, enough no, I mean, well. to, to give it the credence. <laughs> no, no that, I think that's a really, really good good point. And so I, mean, I talk about a thing called vulnerability weaving, which is I, I sort of suggest people bring in their bits of their vulnerability, but within a sort of context that resonates and has some relevance and a thread with something else. So they're not just... <laughs> all over the place with with you know um and also as you get to have conversations with people things come up naturally don't they they just come up organically sort of thing and then you realize oh we have so much this thing in common here so now perhaps though this is a good moment to start bringing that little story in because it would be great for that person to realize they're not alone in that. Yeah. Um, but that's organic and you have to take time over these things yeah. and you can't just brush in um, and you can't just chuck it in a social media post and then yeah. be surprised when people misunderstand it and start yeah. trolling you and all the rest of it. So I think that's a really good little bit of a nugget there. So um, technically, we were going to try and mix a cocktail live on camera um, with the sound effect. Um, can we do a sound effect? Um, I've got a bottle of wine. Let's, yeah, that's yeah, easier. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretending to shake. That's good. That's quite Is good. Is that quite good? Yeah. Thank you very much. So, and and can you do pop like a champagne pop? Can, can you do, you do a thing? I can't do it. No, neither of us can do it. Okay. You... <laughs> so imagine that we've gone pop like a champagne cork and happy Christmas, everybody, or happy New Year, because this is probably going just after Christmas. And um, it's been, uh, it's been long. I feel like this is kind of, you know, on the couch with, with Trisha. <laughs> I mean, that's, I've never done on the couch. Which, no, that doesn't sound right no, either. No, 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 let's, yeah, no, stop no. it. <laughs> let's do the edit. Let's do the cut. edit. Yeah, cut. Um, yes, just uh, chatting, uh, yeah. chatting in uh, an informal environment, actually in real life, not on Zoom. This has been a delight. So you can watch the video. Uh, or listen to the audio and Gordon, thank you. Is there anything else that you want to say about you? There was one, one <laughs> final thing. Good. Um, a lot of people ask, you know, I spend so much time uh, networking, connecting people or connecting people with people or actually just being a good person, being a positive contributor, you know, whether it's in business or whether it's locally. So a lot of people ask, you know, Gordon, what, you know, why do you do it? Why, why do you do all of this? You know, and like I said, after 20 years in business, 
I'm looking forward to the next 15 to, to retirement and, and, you know, and all this talk of purpose and legacy. So I guess, you know, I've been trying to think it through, you know, why, why, am, I, why am I kind of doing it? And I have a fairly crude uh, explanation yeah, I've been trying to work on to, you know, to show people actually why we have to be so supportive of other people's businesses. And I guess it's, yeah, and, and it goes something, something like this, you know, when I'm old, and decrepit, rocking back and forth in my own shit, in bed, whether that's a hospital bed, care home bed, or my own bed, I need people around to look after me. Without a thriving economy, successful businesses, and more people, because actually there's more people going into pension age than working age, we need immigration or you know, people moving to the area to support adult services, social services, through you know taxes etc etc so that's why we need to support not just the next generation behind us two maybe two or three generations as they come through now i think the younger generation have had such a bad deal uh recently and, and people be or certain maybe certain generation or certain sector be down on them as being lazy you woke this that, and the other. there's only one generation that's going to look after us in 20 30 years and we have to be supportive and hopefully they remember that you know we are one of the good people as opposed to another you know anybody else so that's why i want to be supportive of all this young generation and because actually people with you know gold-plated pensions all the capital etc the young have nothing what have they got to look forward to and getting on the every ladder in life so that's why i do what i do can i make an impact maybe not but actually you know, we have to try. And if uh, I can, you know, move up the chain or get a, um, you know, get a hand up and, and try and influence national policy, et cetera, et cetera, then I would love to do that. But, you know, the, the first step is just, just champion the young. Because we don't exist in a bubble, basically. Mm. That's the thing is we don't exist in a bubble. So to, we, we can't do, I'm all right, Jack, yeah. which is an expression. I don't know where it came from. Um, uh, and not worry about everything else but, yeah. but it's it's a bit like you know a brain with all those connections in it you can't just say well we're just uh, this new this neuron here is okay yeah. we'll just do with that um nothing works unless it's connected and, yeah. and zapping backwards and forwards and and some of those zaps you might not feel that comfortable with or they might be a bit out of your comfort zone and or you might think this would be easier if i just didn't think about this mm. but ultimately we don't exist in a bubble yeah yeah that got quite <laughs> profound didn't it so what do you think what do you think <laughs> Yeah, what do you think? Let's get some real comments back on this, um, please, in whatever form. If it's on YouTube, you know, uh, comments below. It'd be really lovely, actually, to get a YouTube comment that wasn't, I don't know, in some <laughs> strange language or some odd suggestive comment or in other words, spam, yeah. uh, which is about the only ones I ever get. Um, or if you're listening, then I will um, make sure in the notes there's a way that you can get those comments to us somehow because it would be so lovely we're all Gordon's all about connecting um so let's let's keep connected on this chat sounds good fabulous thanks very much and cheers 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 that's a pretend <laughs> yes inspired by that episode how about some action beyond the words take this one small well i could step. just say make yourself 
a cocktail, but we're not we're not all fans of cocktails. But what are what are cocktails about? They're about mixing. What did Gordon do in the video that accompanies this when he demonstrates how to make a cocktail? He connected with you. And so really that's your action is to make a bit of a pledge to yourself that you're going to do more connecting and you're going to bravely step a little bit further to the front, if you like. Now, whether that's picking up the phone against your comfort zone thing, whether it's making a little booking to see somebody for coffee against your comfort zone thing, whether it's offering to do a little talk at a networking event against your comfort zone thing, every step you take makes it easier and you will find that people are there for you and you set an example to the other quieter people because they now feel they can do it too. So to be frank, it's your duty. Go do it. <laughs> Let's stay connected. Listen, I'm all about helping solo entrepreneurs, small business owners, make sure they have real communication impact as themselves. Anything that weakens their impact or creates the wrong impact, we sort. And my take on imposter syndrome is the squashed self. Have you heard of my book, The Mystery of the Squashed Self? It's got a lot of good reviews, so head over to Amazon to get your hands on the ebook or the paperback. And all the links, of course, to all of my resources are on trishalewis.com.